Tired of eye contact on the subway or strangers chatting with you in line? How about that office mate who just doesn't understand that you just don't care about his wedding plans? Try Ghost, the hoodie that protects you from unwanted social contact. The voice-activated hood can be programmed to respond to your voice, the voices of others, or to words like, hello, excuse me, or do you have a minute to talk about the environment? When activated, the hood moves forward to cover your face completely. High-tech one-way mesh fabric allows you full visibility while completely hiding your features. Soft foam ear pads mute outside unwanted noises. For the more discerning privacy seeker, try the full cloaking model, which cascades from head to toe, masking the recognizable human form in a vague cone shape, and providing a personal space radius of 36 inches in every direction. Ghost, clothing it cares about you. For more information, visit ghost.gov.ca. D don't actually that's probably some spooky ghost shit don't don't look up spooky ghosts it's too spooky ghosts yes come to see you who i said now benson jack benson joe benson jack benson And 69 of the Up for Discussion podcast. Oh, crap, 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 Tom! <laughs> An emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. Hi, I'm Kate Bradley. Hi, uh, I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Simon Peltier. We have a in-studio guest with us today. He's a time management specialist. His name is Brad Eon. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. Welcome to so the show. As a time management specialist, would you say that it does not take you eons to do things? Oh, my God. I get that a lot, too. I've, I figured. Well done, yeah. Simon. But, you know, we already got the Aeon Flux. Yeah. Now I figured I'd get this one out of the way. Yeah. We're done. Like, oh, Brad, I haven't seen you in eons. Uh -huh. I get that a lot, too. <laughs> Man, we that's can... a pretty Brad joke. Yeah. Oh, we can all... God. <laughs> if you would like to leave, wow. you are free to go. <laughs> all name-based puns are prohibited from here on out unless they're <laughs> puns about paul yeah that's, yeah, that's the only one that's mm -hmm. accepted mm -hmm. cool yeah, yeah so you're a, you're a time management specialist that's right i studied time management at concordia university that's where i'm uh almost done doing my phd um i've been researching time management for the past four years uh, i think it's fascinating because it's something we all do and we all need to do yeah it's pretty uh, meta yeah to be like because i assume you have to time manage your research on time management. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a huge the whole... pressure to be like yeah. on point with time. Like if, if I'm late, I'm dead. Oh, no. Yeah, like I can't you be late. Immediately right. fail. You're uh, barred from practicing exactly. your yeah. time management. There was this guy at, uh, at McGill once. He was a professor there, and I was taking his um, his class. Um, and I showed up maybe five minutes late, and, and, and it was just one time. <laughs> like, oh, Dr. Time Management, you're late, and you just trying to shame me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Time management is not about time. It's about priorities. And your horse oh. is not my priority right now. Damn. Oh, yeah. did yeah. he burst into flames? Or did he just yeah. immediately give you an A plus? <laughs> <laughs> you never have no, to quite the opposite again. actually. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess you also have the excuse of like, well, that's this is why I'm taking your class, right? Right. All <laughs> oh, right to improve. Yeah. yeah. Is it something yeah. you've always like liked, or is it something you struggled with and then? Well, it's a bit of a almost existential <laughs> drive for me because uh, i remember when i was a kid my uh, i was talking to my mom and i was like i just learned about death and I, I think i was like six years old and i was like is it true that we're all gonna die am i gonna die are you oh, gonna no. die is dad gonna die and she was like 
my mom was a very matter of fact person. She was like, yeah, yeah, you're going to die. That's we're all going to die. Then I started to cry. And, and then, and then I realized, why do we work? Like if I'm going to die, what's the point? <laughs> why do I go to school? Why, why do I have to go to school? Um, and that's when I realized that if I wanted to have as much leisure time as, as I wanted, mm. uh, and I, I needed mm. to better manage my time. And so it's very important to me to have uh, as much leisure time as I can. Uh, and I try to work on average under less than 18 hours a week. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. The rest okay. of the time I chill. And so how do you wow. like, how do you structure things to make it possible to do that? Because I, I think that I, I've managed to get myself to a point where most days I do like four or five hours of like, actual like intense right. work right and then the yeah. rest of the day is just sort of like i'm still working on stuff but it's not as you know yeah it's Job not related. as intense you know well realistically you can't work uh more than that like three to four maybe five hours uh, if you work more than that usually you're not being very productive hmm. um if you look at all the studies we're not made to work uh in a focused way for more than maybe three to four hours a day okay so if you can if you can limit yourself to, to working maybe three to four hours a day, you're going to trick yourself into being extremely efficient because you don't have a choice. You have to get everything done in three to four hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the less time you give yourself, the more the more you trick yourself into being efficient. Right. But if you give yourself a lot of time, then, of course, you're going to take all that time to, to get mm. things done. Yeah, I, I applied that. I apply that sometimes on the, the waves of life uh, <laughs> because I have a, a, a very hard time making decisions. Right. And my therapist suggested timed decisions. So I yeah. put on a clock and I'm like, you have five minutes to make this call. And yeah. then it's like, whatever, you, you have to make yeah. it by the end of the five. And it's so effective yeah. and cuts out so much stress. Yeah. Because it Don't can last pressure, days. Though? In that timed, yeah. uh, I do. But because I know how I can like something as simple as like a, a position of a hand on a drawing yeah. and I can like blow, blow weeks on that because I'm so right. stressed about it. But if I'm just like, okay, five, and then you pick two, two huh. sketches in A or B go right. with it. And mm. so it's, it's hard, but it's much less hard mm. than the extended pain mm. and stress cool. of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I find if I, if I tell myself that I need to get specific things done during the day yeah usually as soon as i finish one i'm gonna go straight to the next one instead of taking a break Mm -hmm. Mm because otherwise i worry that i'm not gonna have enough time to do all of them right Mm. i feel Mm. like time management is a lot of tricking yourself into (laughs) oh yeah things yeah definitely yeah i have a friend that i met um through the the cafe where i work at and she's a customer and for for a while she would come in sort of like early-ish during my shift and would give me twenty dollars and would like say i'm gonna make a list of things I have to do, and if I don't finish them by the end of your shift, what? you can keep the twenty dollars. That's Whoa. really good. <clears throat> There's only been one time that <laughs> that it worked in my favor, actually, and it was she gave me an IOU, which I felt like of all the times <laughs> for it to work in my favor. But then, like, I started doing a thing where I would tell her, I would look at a list and go add one thing. Oh, and then she go, no, I can, no, I had a thing, and then <laughs> but I already have the twenty bucks, uh, so I don't care. <laughs> And then I'd be like, okay, now I had two things. Yeah. And like, and she always, it always works. So Whoa. I'm yeah. opening this offer to everyone here, to everyone <laughs> listening. You can e-transfer me something and I won't accept it until you get the thing done or don't. I did that with a friend of mine oh where she didn't God. have cash. So she e-transferred me 20 bucks and I didn't accept it until she finished the thing. That's, That's like actually, really a, that, that would be a fun business. Yeah. You know, be somebody's like 
productivity bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if your clients do well, you do poorly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of want them to fail so that you get money. That's but not very good. The the more clients you have who succeed and mm-hmm. don't pay you, the more clients will sign up because they'll hear about how good your services mm-hmm. are, right? Yeah. They'll and then the like, more clients will be not paying you. Exactly. Yeah. Great. It's such a good system. Yeah. Well, no, because if each person starts off kind of bad at it and then gradually gets better at it, you'll like your new mm. clients will pay you as your old clients die out. Yeah. And you'll have like an endless stream of like, look, you're never going to have more than two or three people actually paying you at a time. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to do anything. Or you but, can invest that money just for a day. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I read an article recently saying that um, money is a great incentive to stop smoking. Mm. So it's like we, we care about our money. Yeah. Mm. Not so much about ourselves, apparently, because no. it's just like the stakes are just like, well, I mean, we, we have it for a, you. Yeah, I mean, we have this sense of like permanence of our own, of our own self and our state, you know, mm. where like we can we can very easily kind of like what you were saying, where we think we have our entire lives to get better. Right. So if I yeah. eat poorly mm. now, well, it's fine because I could like next month I'll start eating better and I'll start exercising and whatever. Mm. Whereas like with money, it's like when it's gone, it's gone. Yes. Yeah. 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 And sure. you you know that you will only have it for a, for a limited period of time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that's really uh, frustrating to me when I when I talk to people is that they, they usually they manage their, their money extremely well. But when it comes to time, they don't huh. see it as a resource at yeah. all. Hmm. Uh, and we, it, it, it really shows up in experiments. People don't see, don't account for, for time the way they do money. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they invest time in something, to them, it's like some kind of sunk cost. It's, it's already gone. Right. It's not a resource that's to be uh, invested or budgeted oh. or, or managed carefully. And so that's why a lot of people, like you said, uh, tend to be very wasteful with their time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and it was really interesting what you said about like most people can't exceed more than three to four productive hours in a day because I tend to always uh, aim too high and just be like if you're not doing this amount of hours or whatever you're not it's not good enough. Three to four hours can sound like not that much when you look at like eight hour shifts or whatever at any kind of job. Yeah. But it's when I do work well it does tend to be like a nice little three to four Mm -hmm. hours and then it's like because otherwise you get so stressed and then it makes everything take longer because you're not really focusing but it's funny you'd say that because i was reading a book recently it was it was published in the 1910s Mm. um and and they were talking about how people feel guilty about uh, the eight hour work day because at the time people were working like 14 sometimes even 16 work work hours a day right um that was like a very grueling uh, workday, and people were feeling bad sometimes for working eight hours a day, which <laughs> comparatively is almost nothing. So people yeah, today yeah. feel bad about working less eight, less than eight hours a day because that's the mm-hmm. standard. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this really constant sense of guilt because we associate uh, our work hours with our sense of of self. You know, it's, yeah. it's our worth as a person. Mm-hmm. So if you're busy all the time, then that means you're a good person. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. working just three to four hours a day, then you're a slacker. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. black and white. Like yeah. it's not like, oh, you're just okay. It's you're a slacker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's yeah. Dangerous. I remember I was, I was reading a book uh, about sort of um, Denmark and people living there, sort of the customs. Yeah. And one thing that I found super interesting was their approach to work and the work day. Uh, because like the, their work days are much shorter, mm-hmm. right? It, it would mm-hmm. be more of like a 10 to three kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's super strange to us, like Westerners and, and North Americans, because we're like, you don't get anything done. And, and, but like they're way more productive because they can break it yeah. up into smaller chunks. And mm-hmm. on top of that, 
it's super rare to see people take their work home or even stay late at the office. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas here we see that as someone being motivated, whereas there they see that as you being unproductive. Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. it takes you more hours than you're given, it's because you're not good at your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is such right. a oh yeah backwards thing. Like not backwards and like like bad, but backwards and then like we're so used to it being the other way around. Where yeah. Like mm-hmm. The guy who stays later is the guy who was working way harder as opposed to the guy who leaves early because he got everything done. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. In, in Germany, always in Germany, uh, um, um a, a while back and i found it really interesting that people there um the your boss <coughs> encourages you to leave at 5 p.m sharp mm. and if you don't usually the question is why did you fuck up you know yeah why yeah, yeah. You, you can't if you're still here past 5 p.m <coughs> it, it means you you haven't been efficient or, or productive yeah. mm. whereas in the united states especially in the united states if you're if you leave at 5 p.m it means you're not committed to your job yes right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if you so. finish all your work with at five, they're like, oh, well, here's some more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, so absolutely. Like, Come on, you can't yeah. win. Yeah. yeah. Like 455, oh, you've got five more minutes to make 20 calls. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I had a frustrating thing this week where um, one of our suppliers at work uh, had sent us a package maybe two weeks ago, but yeah. forgot to include some like important customs information. So it had just been held in customs <laughs> till today, finally. Oh, wow. Uh, so we were waiting like a week and a half for it, um, waiting for them to clear it and, you know, reduce the amount of duty we had to pay and stuff. And uh, finally we got it today, but uh, it didn't arrive until like one o'clock, maybe one thirty in the afternoon. And so I'm still dealing with it like 10 minutes before you guys got here. Oh, I was no. still like processing everything. Yeah. And like that's frustrating because like yeah I had a really efficient day up to yeah. that point. Because like <laughs> now like if I want to get this done today I have to work until like midnight tonight. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do it tomorrow morning. <laughs> but like yeah, it's yeah yeah frustrating. Because sometimes like sometimes your own efficiency doesn't matter for scheduling, right? Like sometimes other people oh, screw yeah. you over and you're like crap. Yeah yeah no it, it very often comes down to uh, to to how other people manage their time because usually we think of time management as this individual right. responsibility when mm-hmm. very often it's a so- social thing right the people around you the family friends colleagues those matter a lot for the way uh you manage your time because it's not only your time it's also the the reason we have time is so that we can coordinate with other people right and so if other people are really bad at it <laughs> yeah that it has huge repercussions on the way you manage your time totally it's like one well, it's like a factory, right? If one piece of the machine yeah. stops working or like doesn't work as efficiently, it holds everything else up. Oh yeah, yeah. and so, I notice it when I when I travel. When I go to to Italy, for, <laughs> for instance, Italy is for some reason everything is extremely slow, <laughs> extremely slow. And at first, I thought it was just me, but I looked up the, the statistics recently, and apparently, people have to wait in line four hundred hours a year. Wow, that's wow. more than an hour a day every single day. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's really insane. It's yeah. come to a point where people have to hire what they call in Italy uh, codistas, people that wait in line for you. Right? No way. <laughs> yes, they pay them about nine euros an hour, so they wait in line for you, and it's and when it's almost your turn, they text you. Oh no! Wow. Yeah, that's how bad it is. That's amazing. That's so good. Yeah, like that's a uh, that's a on par with like paying you to, to get your shit done, like the yeah w- right. or whatever business we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's on par with that. Yeah. Well, Whereas in Germany, if if uh, if a, the bus or, or the train is even two minutes late, it's a national outrage. Right. <laughs> yeah, everything has to be mm-hmm. on time. Germany right. is one of the yeah. most time obsessed uh, country I've ever visited. Oh, However, yeah. fun fact I learned about uh, Germany: they have the most car accidents of all of like European countries. Really, because everyone follows the rules, and so everyone thinks they're in the right. 
And so like <laughs> like if, if someone crosses the crosswalk, they'll be like, oh, there's a car coming. I don't need to stop. I'm in the right. And the other guy's going, well, he should, he saw me coming. I don't need to stop. I'm in the right. <laughs> and then the pedestrian gets run over. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> That's a strange place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's on time. I mean, but I, I guess like the ambulance is right there because it's on right. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They've scheduled everybody's car accidents. Right? <laughs> oh, no. Eat healthy. Exercise regularly. Take cold showers. Avoid sugar. Practice yoga. Drink more water. Meditate. Practice mindfulness. Wear barefoot shoes. Avoid fat. Eat more fat. Go vegan. Try paleo. Do Drink bone broth. Try black P90X. Try a 30 squats a day. Eat more day squats. Keto strongly good. Eat more protein. Eat less seafood. Avoid the dirty Try a bar Drink Take an iron. Wear natural fiber. Use a standing Staying healthy can feel overwhelming at times. Sometimes it feels like you have to change all your habits just to meet the baseline. But sometimes, all it takes is one little change. Ether Kombucha contains four powerful probiotic strains along with essential vitamins and antioxidants, all in a delicious, refreshing package which helps regulate digestion, support the immune system, and aid in the body's natural detox processes. Living healthier can be a treat with Ether Kombucha. Ether Kombucha. Do what works for you. For more information, follow us on Instagram at Ether Kombucha. Bonjour et bienvenue à Pour la Discussion, un podcast. Wait, wait a second. No, I'm sorry. Wrong language. <laughs> C'est drôle, my tabernacle. <laughs> okay, well, this is up for discussion. Sorry, an English-speaking podcast. Okay, so the thing is, with social interactions, it's kind of kind of sucks, right? I mean, it's important for like the mental health and all, but like, there's only so much talking someone can someone. You can take before you start wondering what's new with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Podcasts are fun, right? They're fun because you get to listen to conversations that only really engage as far as you want. And one way you can engage is by pledging to us on Patreon.com. Patreon is an online crowdfunding platform which makes it easy for you to buy our friendship with very little social energy expended. And I like that. You can pledge any amount from $1 to $1 million a month. Months. $1 billion a month. A month. $1 billion a month. Mais nous allons certainement vous aimer mieux si vous nous donnez plus. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us on Patreon, you'll be able to join the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Candace, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Alex from Play the Mind, Jan, Jillian, there we go, Killian, and Angie. And if you give at least $5 a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. Isn't that nice, guys? So nice. Wow. Our first Patreon topic comes from Kendallin, who asks, how much social interaction is too much? So this is a question that I think really comes down to whether or not you're a person who gets energy from social interactions <laughs> or loses energy from social interactions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm definitely in the latter category. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I, I get a lot more energy out of just being productive and getting stuff done. And so, like, me, the amount of social interaction I can handle in a day is directly proportionate to how much I got done before I had to see people. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. For me, it's... Um, I feel like it's my perception affects it a lot because the more things I do, the more people I see, the more I get done, like mm. the more I can function normally. And then when I'm like, oh no, I need to rest or Tom, can I have the night off? Or, you know, then I tend to never. just fall into yeah, <laughs> 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 You never let me rest. I fall, I sink into this like dark 
place. So even if I think that social interaction is draining me, it's actually giving me strength to mm. do other stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's kind of similar to me too. Um, like I, I can spend some one-on-one time with someone and it can just be like, it can be a lot. It, it, like I can come out person, of like an right? hour or two hours with that person and I'm drained. Whereas I can, like I can have a small group of people spend four hours together and I'm feeling feeling good and energized hmm. so i don't know but i i do feel like i'm more of an introvert i mean i'm definitely much more of an introvert like hmm. <clears throat> i can come out of like a small group experience feeling joyful but still tired right yeah you for know? sure like that that joy that like happiness that i get can really carry me like forward but at some point i always need to take an evening or a day just to myself where i just don't do anything right um, around anyone or i'm around people who just don't care right you know hmm. like yeah. airports malls <laughs> that kind of thing where you're sort you, i may be surrounded by people but no one cares right like i'm not forced to interact right. with anyone mm. you know uh-huh i see what you mean yeah yeah how about you uh for me my personal idea of hell is not seeing anyone for 24 hours oh okay. really yeah i cannot for real yeah yeah, I, so if I, I spend, viscerally do not understand that. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's the opposite. I can't understand the, the concept of staying at home for uh, and not interacting with anyone for 12 or 24 hours is, to me, the most anxiety-inducing experience I can think of. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. You might yeah. be the only extrovert in this room then. I, yeah. I genuinely, well, I really wonder what that's like. But does it have to do with, because like, I don't like being on my own because I'm in my head. Are you kind of, yes. is that yeah. part so of it? So when I'm on, when I'm, People are my tether to reality. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they keep me grounded. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they keep me tethered to reality. And and if I, if I if I spend a lot of time alone, I literally get lost mm. in my own thoughts. Mm. So um so yeah, I I, I really enjoy human interaction. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a very weird way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think no, I get it makes that. Sense. I'm like that with like silence. Like I like to listen to podcasts when I'm by myself right. because it sort of feels like there's people there. Yeah. But I don't actually nothing's expected of me. Yeah. Mm. Like that's the the deciding factor is like I don't actually have to put anything into that relationship. Yeah. Right. I just get to I get to still feel like I'm with people. Yeah. And then, yeah, it stops me from going nuts. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's because my, my mind naturally is drawn toward uh, existential questions. You know, like if, mm. if I'm alone for like 12 hours, I'm going to start wondering, oh, either something has existed for the longest time or something was created out of nothing. <laughs> and both options are equally disturbing. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, so I can't stop. My, and it, when I start thinking about this, my first first uh uh reaction is usually to look it up on wikipedia and of course there's a whole rabbit hole that i'm oh yeah yeah Yeah, and then i end up you know looking up existential philosophy websites and yeah (laughs) (laughs) so is the earth flat where do you stand on that (laughs) i feel like you just told us that you've definitely you've definitely done research into that (laughs) yeah actually yes and recently i I learned that there's a, a an academic conference no. Uh, on whether the Earth is flat or not, and I would really love to uh, <laughs> to attend, Fly just to you know wall. to get a yeah to get a sense of what's going on. Mm. Yeah, they probably have graphs and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <to show it. laughs> just just like bar graphs, though no no pie yeah, charts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Do you have friends and you're like the, the people that you interact with, do any of them feed that existential thought process? Not really. They, um, again, they, they, keep me grounded and tethered to reality because they don't really think about these things. Okay. Yeah. You hang around with simple people. <laughs> Bunch of simple things. <laughs> well, uh, hanging out with philosophers, especially drinking with them, is uh, mm. is not exactly my idea of, of a nice evening. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. the conversation veers off into very weird directions. You yeah. know, like uh, the, the nature of reality and you know, what does it mean to be happy? Are you, are you sure you're happy? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, are you sure you, you actually exist? Are you are you not a brain in a vat somewhere? I, I don't want to... I hate talking about those things when I'm drunk because I actually... Uh, sometimes they, they seem very uh, likely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. My, my husband is obsessed with having his mind put into a machine at some point. So, like, those topics come up a lot. <laughs> like, but yeah. I, I totally hear you this. Well, right. Under the influence, you're like, oh, God, it's really happening. <laughs> yes. We're already there. Yeah. So, so do you do you feel like you need like another human being next to you physically or do you like just texting do the trick or can you call on the phone or like I'd rather have someone uh, physically yeah. present because then, you mm-hmm. know, like there's, of course, nonverbal cues, mm-hmm. you know, talk, making sure that you're not talking to someone who's a robot <laughs> when you're texting <laughs> someone. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, it definitely helps to to talk to yeah. real people because then you're like, oh, like, you know, like you're focusing on their, you know, like non nonverbal cues, and you're not mm. thinking about all these things that you don't necessarily want to think about. It's nice to think about about them every once in a while. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, but constantly thinking about them really prevents you from having a functioning. Right. <laughs> life. Yeah. And I've, I've I found like having having people around me changes the way that I am, like at a mm-hmm. really base level. Um, like I was I was just thinking about this recently um and how like i there's there's a part of my energy that always that is always aware of whoever's around me like if if it's someone who's important to me Uh uh-huh um i will always like unconsciously spend some of my energy paying attention to yes Mm. or like like even if it's only minorly like if i'm like I'm in my living room and I'm watching a TV show. I've got my headphones in. I'm about as plugged in as I can get. And then I see my girlfriend walk out of the room and go to the kitchen. No interaction. But the fact that I know she's there mm-hmm. means that yeah. now my attention is split. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I like for a while I had to like I felt like I always had to check in on her and be like, hey, how you doing? To feel like I wasn't being rude, but I mean, eventually she was like, no, I get it. Like we've <laughs> yeah. been together for four years. Yeah. I think I think I've come to understand this part of you that needs this. Right. Mm-hmm. So now like. I have to train myself to almost view her as background. <laughs> well, that means you care, you know. That means you're not a For sure. sociopath. Yeah. yeah well, thing. I appreciate you saying it. Thank you. I wasn't sure, but now, now I get it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, and it's the same. Thing. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier about like being around people who don't care. Mm-hmm. Is like, I my energy yeah. is zero percent toward the other people in the mall. Right. Oh, yeah. but sitting, I I have the flip side of that that I have. It's not paranoia per se probably is <laughs> probably is um i get very very nervous about like i i get anxious about going into my yard with my dogs because i'm worried that all my neighbors are in their windows <laughs> saying she's wearing those pj pants for three days straight <laughs> and it freaks me the fuck out like, I, I went to a cafe to to draw this week and there were like two people at on the terrace, and I was like, "Oh God, they're looking at what I'm doing, and it's not good yet." What am I? Uh, you know, like I can't, I can't just accept that they don't give a shit about me. Like it's all about me. 
in yeah. a bad way. So <laughs> I find it stressful. Ninety nine percent of the time, sorry, no, no, go for it. Ninety nine percent of the time, people really don't care oh, yeah. at all yeah. because they're probably like don't even you notice. Yeah, because they're obsessed with themselves mm-hmm. about how they about how other people think of of them. So they're they're not ah. really thinking about. Yeah, that's such an interesting flip side to you. Yeah. Like yeah. like maybe in those moments, you can think that they're. So focused on on how they think you're perceiving them. Yeah, they think you're drawing oh. them. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. They are yeah. thinking about you, but they're like, "Why is she drawing a picture of us?" <laughs> Do yeah. you ever have that when you're like on the on the bus or on the metro, and you like make eye contact with someone, and they shoot you a weird look as you as it happens? Mm. <laughs> And, and you wonder for the rest of the Metro ride what you were doing that made them do that. Yeah. I always look away before I can perceive anything like that. Oh. I, I feel so like viscerally uncomfortable making eye contact with a stranger. They're like, I can look at them for like, like seconds on end. And then as soon as they look at me, I go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I had a phase of like sort of smiling at strangers. At oh, one no. Yeah. It, it helps. Went, yeah. It, well, that's it. It went from being terrified of them when they're like 10 feet away and just like, what are they? Uh, and now my therapist taught me to look up and see that often they weren't even looking at me. So that right. trained me to be more comfortable. And then it flipped into the, doing the, the, the Spider-Man three thing when he has the black shirt. Just, eh. Yeah, pretty much. That was me. <laughs> as a, as a largish man with a beard, I can't, smile at strangers on the metro. <laughs> oh. No, that's yeah, if it's if it's I don't smile just at random men because I know that it might lead to them thinking. But it's a visceral thing, visceral thing, you know, if you look at someone in into someone's eyes for more than 10 seconds without saying anything, hmm. usually it's either because you want to fight oh, or right. because you want to have sex. Mm. Those are the two, two things to avoid options. with a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> or the third one is that you think you know them <laughs> and you're yeah, trying really hard to figure it out. <laughs> but that turns into one or the other. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you've set up. Yeah. Oh yeah. You. Uh, Honey. <laughs> oh, I had the, you. the worst like stranger interaction this morning. I went out to get bagels and I'm like walking along. I did too. About, oh my God. <laughs> bagels. Ugh, it's like we live in Montreal. Or <laughs> and I like, I go out to get bagels and I'm like strutting along in a good mood, looking at my phone. And, uh, and then I look up and I see a woman going into our landlord's office is like up the street. Uh-huh. And, uh, I see someone who I was pretty sure is my landlord going in. And so I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And she turns around, not my landlord, never seen this woman before in my life. She's just the same height with the same hair. Oh, no did she acknowledge you or she did turns she just around she's like off? she's like hi i'm like i'm sorry i thought you were redacted <laughs> and she laughed she's like oh no nope <laughs> like well have a nice day then and then i walked very quickly to get bagels why is that one of the most embarrassing things like it's just a mistake like any other but for some reason it's like oh fuck yeah i thought i knew you yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so emotional it's like a betrayal a little bit it feels like your eyes betrayed you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, I was really convinced that that was right. <laughs> and then you feel like you're being rude to the other person because you're like, oh no, I don't care about you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to meet. Let's not talk. For a second, yeah. my attention was toward you, and now it's gone. Yeah, now okay. I'm just your background now. Well, I sorry. I've, I've had I've had a couple moments where I will see someone from really far away, and I can't like I don't I don't see them clearly. Sometimes they're even facing away, and I'll go, oh, that's this person, isn't it? And then a minute and a half later, because that's how long it takes for me to get to them, I'm like, oh, that is that person. Huh. And I've had a number of these interactions recently. And I felt mm. like I'm either really good at like recognizing people's body languages and shapes yeah. or something. I don't know. But it's been in- it's been interesting. 
Do you ever do the one where you see someone and you're like 90% sure it's someone you know, but you don't say hi in real life? You send them a text instead and you're like, did I see you just now on the Metro? Yes, I did. That happened to me once where I saw a friend of mine, I think, or I'm pretty sure it was her, on the like opposite Metro. Where like I was in the Metro and I was just riding the Metro as one does. And then she was on the other one and I was like, I, is that? And then they left. And then I texted her and she said, no. And I was like, what? Hmm. <laughs> to this day i'm certain she just forgot yeah she forgot where she was i think she in that yeah, day I think so. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, <laughs> instead of being instead of saying you were wrong you prefer to believe that she's delusional and no, doesn't no, no, remember no. where she was not delusional just mistaken okay yeah right, right. <laughs> does it have, ever happen to you when you when you talk to someone every single day you know like people at the gym or people at the you know the, the same bus driver or whatever and you you often engage in, in in long conversations with them for maybe many years, but you don't know their first name. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was a so I, I took the same bus to go to high school every morning, yeah. and uh, there were like there were a couple of people who stood at my bus stop who were just like adults who worked I guess somewhere near my high school, and uh, one of them was this lady. I remember she worked at the post office and she was missing a finger, and uh, <laughs> which one? The <laughs> one of the ones on the way to Westmount from here. No, which uh, finger? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question that actually makes more sense. Good point. <laughs> you know, I can't remember. Okay. I don't remember what finger, but I remember she was missing a finger. And uh, one day, we'd been just sort of standing at the bus stop for like, you know, maybe like a few months at this point, just in silence, occasionally nodding you know, mm-hmm. the whole like, hey, I acknowledge that you exist and that we take this bus together. And one day, uh, one day she's like, do you want to know how I lost my finger? <laughs> Just out of the, I, that's the first thing she ever told you. <laughs> Oh, she just offered it. It's like, he's like, he's ready. He's ready to hear the tale. It's like, a, it's like when you talk to the same NPC in a video game enough times and they like switch over and tell you a secret thing. And, and uh, she had just, you know, lost it in like a, like a guillotine cutting paper. It was just one of those situations. Oh, wow. Um, Fuck. Yeah. And then we like every morning for like a few years you know, the rest of the time that I had to take that bus to go to school, I would like chat with her in the bus line until getting on the bus. And uh, I don't think I ever found out what that lady's name was. Whoa. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I work, I work as a barista. So I have a lot of those moments where there's a lot of people that I interact and like, like my job is to interact with them and to make conversation and whatever. And I don't know their names. Yeah. I, it's, it's a little different now because we have this like, loyalty card thing where they'll like scan their phone on our ipad and then their name pops up hmm. so now i know like oh this dude's name is jason but do they know your name uh not a, not all not a lot <laughs> not always Some, sometimes they do but not all the time you don't have like a name tag or a no. hat no <laughs> do people put their names on hats uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't think so hi i'm tristan damour you might know me from the scrum podcast Hi, I'm Harrison Milo Jason. You might know me from, uh, anyway. So we're here to tell you about a new podcast miniseries called Hebemus Pod. It's a show about HBO's The Young Pope. Every episode, we'll feature a guest viewer to talk about an episode. Will they have a fresh perspective on the show? Two years after it aired? We sure hope so. It's very simple. We talk about three things. A highlight, a low light, and the very famous... Cherry Coke Zero character of the episode. Yes, yes. Uh, and we hope you tune in right here on the Upfront Network.
Topics of High Importance, a podcast where we get high and explore food, science, gaming, pop culture, and beyond. Filled with super tangents, forgetful flubs, and that awkward kind of tension that can only be produced by a married couple. Topics of High Importance on the Upford Network. Join us, won't you? Our second Patreon topic comes from Candace, who says, I'm trying to become bilingual. How about you discuss difficulties with accidentally switching to speaking in the wrong language? I gave my children instructions in Spanish yesterday after I did my Spanish lesson because I forgot I was speaking Spanish. Which language Wait, are you learning, Candace? What? I think Candace is learning French. Oh, okay. This is a good podcast for her, then. Yeah. We are a French-speaking This podcast. is a French-language podcast. Do you know what the French word for podcast is? I don't... Is it just podcast? <gasps> it's ugly, isn't no, it? No, it's balado. Oh, no, it what? ain't. That sounds yeah. like a swimming. It's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> isn't it's that like... so stupid. Does it have I to do with, like, baladar? Because that was I, a Walkman. I think yeah. so. It's so balado. stupid. Why did I think that was a swimming thing? <laughs> is there a swimming word that sounds like that? Um, it's, it sounds swimmy though, doesn't it? Right. Balado. Like, oh, well, balade. there's O in yeah. it. Balade dans l'eau. To me, balado sounds like uh, like a board that you like lie on top of and paddle while okay. you're swimming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tol- yeah. yeah. Pedalo. Pedalo. There, there, there we go. go. <laughs> it's those well, yeah. I don't know if I have ever accidentally switched into a different language I, like I, I switch all the time because of like being in being in montreal most people mm-hmm. understand both languages so yeah as soon as i can't find a word in one language i jump to the other one i've done mm-hmm. it my whole life with my it was fun it, when i was a kid with my brothers it was always hell for my mom because she she speaks both both languages but is british and learned french when she came to montreal so we would just the kids would just go nuts and switch 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 and she said she would just zone out <laughs> and just like stop listening to us but accidentally no I can think of one time, and I was I remember <clears throat> I was watching a movie with this like f- f- kid of my parents' friends or something, and he <laughs> had brought over this movie, and like they were from the states, so we spoke English. And like halfway through this movie, I exclaimed a reaction to something, and it was in French, and he was like, "What?" And that's the only time I remember this happening. And did it change this child's life? No, mm. it was thoroughly unremarkable to him. He was like, "Oh, right, yeah, I speak French, okay." <laughs> Do you, are you about be, be yeah. bilingual? It happens to me in my dreams. Sometimes I dream in <gasps> French, mm. English, and sometimes Spanish. Oh. And it's really weird because uh, it happens only uh, when, when I'm dreaming Whoa. or when I'm sleep talking. Oh, are you a big yeah. sleep talker? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. like it, I, It's usually like random things, you know, like, um, like just uh, recently I woke up someone saying, uh, hey, what's the fifth thing you said? She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> the fifth thing you said, what is it? And then I realized, was it that intense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so but usually in day to day life, no. But I think mm. one thing that helps is usually when I see uh, 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 people that learn French or learn English, uh, usually one thing that really helps is trying to completely isolate them, isolate themselves from their mm-hmm. uh, uh, native Other, language yeah. for at least a few months, you know, like mm-hmm. just uh, listening Whoa. to the radio in, in French or, or, or watching TV in French, only speaking to francophones mm-hmm. for six months. And usually it's it's hard, you know, especially if you have family around that speaks yeah. your language because mm-hmm. you don't want to estrange them. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. Yeah. Or uh, if you're like in, in Montreal and yeah. everyone speaks to you in one or the other, like half people speak to you in one and the other half yeah. the other. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but I've seen a lot of like, especially I think out of province students who yeah. move to Montreal for like their degrees or whatever. Uh, I've known a lot of people to do the like summer course where you like go away to like a retreat center oh, for a few yeah. months and yeah. just speak French and like mm-hmm. right. My my, yeah. my girlfriend has done that uh, right yeah three times. Oh cool yeah. Where once she went to uh, Jean Pierre, another time to Victoria. For some reason, it was just like a, it was like a, like a, on the the campus at UBC, yeah. And it was just this like French immersion program, and you were there. And then another time, she went to Saint Anne's in Nova Scotia, which is like Nova Scotia. You think of it as an English speaking province, but right. it's in a, a French speaking community. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's been super super helpful. That and just like even partial immersion, like if you just dive into a, a workspace where you just have to speak both. Right. Yeah. You can, or like, yeah. Or even if you have to, to, to speak one, you have to be kind of forced to, to, to jump into that. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's why I think it only really works if you're like in an immersive program. Right. Yeah. But definitely the like listening to media in mm-hmm. the language you're trying to learn helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's I would think you can and, do. Yeah. And yeah. reading too. Yeah. I would encourage people who uh, are trying to learn a language other than English to uh, still listen to our podcast yeah. while doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just you know, find, find someone, find an interpreter to listen to our podcast and speak it to you in you, your own language, in the language you're trying to speak. That would be very cool. In right? your sleep. <laughs> while someone, you sleep. someone just crouches by you whilst you're sleeping and uh, yeah. dictates a Double discussion. points if they can do it while sleep talking. If they Whoa. can sleep interpret while you both wow. sleep. <laughs> Huh. That's you, <laughs> you. You become uh, an honorary Patreon member. I'm gonna officially That's a say high that. High bar, man. Yeah. Bar. <laughs> We're basically asking for mutants to listen to our show, or just for someone to be really, really goddamn lucky. Yeah. You know. Right. Do you think? Do you think that people who like do interpretation for a living have dreams about interpretation and speak them? Dream speak them. If they dream Ooh, speak their interpretations, wow. like surely, right? What do you, I mean, well, because it's like their job to like they're yeah. constantly immersed in this world of translation. Yeah, so like if you're dreams, a live translator. So, so are you saying they dream about translating things? Yeah, and then they speak the things that they're translating. <laughs> oh, probably, <laughs> right? <laughs> probably. I mean, to to <laughs> an outside do people, people. Who, do people who speak ASL sometimes sleep sign? I don't think so. It's the other side of that question for me. Whoa, I, probably not. Eh? That's no, probably less likely. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. like a like a. It must be like a whole different part of your brain. Interesting. That's my guess. Yeah. That's oh well, aren't you kind of frozen when you sleep? Also, like you're to, to protect yourself so that you don't. Oh, oh yeah. Just there is like a room? partial paralysis yeah. thing yeah. going on. But I guess so if, if you, you sleepwalk, if you if you if you Which speak I do ASL sometimes. and you also sleepwalk, I bet that you can sleep sign while sleepwalking. I wish I knew someone who can answer that. If people sleep sleep sign, yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone must have at some point. Yeah, right? well, I feel like it's such muscle memory at that point that it yeah. could totally be something. I, that's just I bet. I, I wonder if if it's like, I, I've I've been known to sleep talk as well, and sometimes I'll speak like really clearly, but most of the time it's just mumbling. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they just kind of like if it's just sort of the wrists sh- yeah, twitch yeah. a bit and right. fingers like probably you know. Oh yeah, it like suggests <laughs> the the sign, but it's not like quite yeah. as much effort. Like I don't think they like bring their elbows up and they do the whole sure yeah the whole shebang. Yeah, you know, I think I. I wonder if it's just kind of a little like a flicker yeah, or a flutter. Interesting. Yeah, I. But back to like the language dreaming thing. I've mm-hmm. found a couple times. I don't know if you guys have had this too, where I. I when when I wake up, I cannot remember what language my dream was in. Mm. I don't think I've ever dreamt in French. I know I haven't. Which. But... 
Well, I mean, you can't really know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't. The hidden pockets of your brain. You I, can't access everything. I don't think in French actively ever. Okay, right. Yeah, it, it's always a translation thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like right. people who are like really, really bilingual can like kind of just think. make it come out. Yeah. For me, when I'm speaking French, I really have to like think it in English, translate it, speak it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> have you guys had this though, the like languageless communication in your dreams? Yeah. Well, that's um, the some. Well, for me, most of the dreams do not involve language. They just involved, you know, evol- involve right. weird Action, things, you yeah. know, like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. talking to a horse or something. Really? Tell <laughs> <Yeah. Okay, laughs> us more about that. <laughs> the right podcast. For so that. you 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 said it doesn't involve language. An example of that is talking to a horse. Yeah, like I was talking to a horse, but in in a non human language. It was not like a, a horse language. It was do just you, like. Can you remember what it sounded like, and could you do it? No, but I can tell you that the rest of the dream is just even more, it's even weirder. Because in the dream, for some reason, I was a farmer. Uh-huh. I was on a farm. I mean, that's a taking, pretty valid reason. Yeah. yeah. And I was <laughs> just taking, I've never lived on a farm. I was just taking care of my animals, you know, like the, um, the ducks, the, the, the sheep, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. horses. <laughs> and then I went into my room. Uh, and uh, uh, I had a room with like a, some kind of laptop that was connected to the internet. I had my bed and everything. So first thing I do was use a laptop, and then I, I noticed I have that I had uh, about like thirty tabs open on my browser. Ew, stressful. <laughs> that's a that's a full nightmare. Right there. You you forgot to say that it was the worst nightmare of your life. <laughs> but all of them were Facebook. Oh and god! Each tab even worse. A... I didn't think it could get worse, but it just got Tom's worse. Tom's gonna hurl. <laughs> Each tab was a different Facebook account. And I realized that I had created an account for each of my animals. (gasps) (laughs) No, this just got so good. Oh, my God. I was using the horse account to, like, poke the duck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was updating the the cow status. And it it was so weird. And I was like, I woke up and I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> why do you like animals are you a- no not even i've never i don't think i've Whoa. gone to a farm in the did, past 10 did years you have like the sheep comment on the cow status yes. and then the pig replies to the sheep's comment yeah and- something to that effect and then i woke oh, up i was like this wow. does not make any sense is no, this a recurring dream it makes no. so much sense <laughs> no it was a one one time dream and, and then it brad, went, this is so brad weird. brad look at me this is your magnum opus <laughs> you you m- create this create all these accounts and just just go oh, someone yes. will find you someone will oh find you and will will like some buzzfeed will write an article about you become famous people will make movies out of your farm like this is a thing if you this is your life's work but i mean that's a lot of responsibility he has to he has to like speak as a horse, as his horse would, and then as that duck would, like he has to establish all these personalities, these animal personalities. Oh fuck! Yeah. I think you can do it. It's the ultimate challenge. <laughs> yeah. So but funny. then some of them have like other accounts too, right? Like the the horse will have will also have Instagram. Oh yes. god! Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, wow. And then but then they have tw- they have Twitter and they subtweet each other all. The- 
This is a whole, this is a team effort. But I also like the idea of just like the farmer being completely nuts. <laughs> and that this is just, <laughs> the farmer made all these accounts. It's not like the horse actually has an account, which I would love. <laughs> but you're just like, this, this is my society. This is my little village. This is why I need to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, t- this would happen. Yeah. You would do this. That's your warning dream uh-huh. if you haven't been around people for a little while. Brad. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, that was good. So, yeah. I, I think, Candace, if you want to learn Spanish, create a lot of different Facebook accounts. And they all have a bunch of different Spanish farm animals, and they all talk to each other oh, in Spanish. Man. Yeah, have conversa- different conversations with yourself. I have a friend who does that on like a micro level where he has a very adorable dog. I've talked about this on the show before. And he made an Instagram oh, for yes, his yes. dog. And he'll have he'll comment on his dog's Instagram. And then the dog will reply. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're both him. So like he has to go in, comment, switch accounts, go, go into the notification. Wow. Button, and then like the dog. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels like retweeting the podcast from the podcast Twitter every week. Yeah. Like yeah. having to sign into both and being like, okay, uh, here's a witty caption tweet. And then immediately going to my own and being like, fuck, how do I make this more personal? <laughs> I, I have that a little bit where I manage my cafe's Instagram. Hmm. Uh, and so like, like whenever I post something for the Instagram, I then go into my personal one, like it, go back to the, and whenever I put, po- I post up on my personal Instagram pretty rarely, especially now because I'm spending so much energy thinking about making the cafe's Instagram good. But whenever I do, I then sign into the cafe's Instagram, like my thing and then go back. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's everything so, that- it's <laughs> everything so fake. <laughs> I mean, I, I genuinely like the, po- the pictures that I'm posting. So yeah, yeah. it's not fake. Yeah, okay. it's like slightly less tacky than just liking it yourself, like from mm-hmm. the account that uploaded it. I'd say it's considerably <laughs> less tacky. But that's well. a strategy. That's not <laughs> that's not being tacky. That's a strategy. More people see it if you like your own post. That's true. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What do you guys think of people who like their own statuses on Facebook? It's so sad. I do it ironically sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But no, but it's true. More and more of your friends will see it if you like it. So when I post art, I like my own thing because I'm like, it's going to pop up do on the Do you like feed. it? And then a couple hours later when they start to see momentum, unlike it, and then it, <laughs> keep the ball rolling. Yeah, well, I know yeah. that. I'm going to give it a little that. push by liking it. And then, uh, like, uh, yeah, that way you're absolved of your guilt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never happened. Only 11 people saw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's... Uh, so, like, coming back to the question, I have never had this happen with, like, language as much, but with, um, like, character stuff, mm-hmm. if I've been um, if I've been working on a new voice or if I've been, like, watching one show for a really long time yeah. and a character is kind of, like, working their way into my brain, I will sometimes have moments where I'm suddenly, like, John Mulaney or, <laughs> and, like, I won't do it intentionally and I won't notice it right away. And then someone will point it out to me and I'll say, hang on a second. Why oh, am I doing th-? You just did it. Well, I was doing that on purpose, oh, but like I'll slowly <laughs> slip into it because mm-hmm. I'm not like focused. And yeah. the other day, Johan was here and uh, <clears throat> we were recording his voiceover for Redacted. And um, <laughs> I 
uh, he was trying to remember if he was playing a character with a low voice or a high voice. And so he was running through a bunch of voices and he hit John Mulaney. <laughs> and then, of course, I hit back with John Mulaney. <laughs> and then we just John Mulaney did each other for like 10 minutes. And it was really unproductive, but a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely swapped accents with people. Like I've, ever since I was a kid, it was always like I absorbed the accent. Mm-hmm. And that can be, uh, and my parents are British and my uh, really step siblings are French. Accent. Yeah, yeah. That's but, not British. No, that's not British. <laughs> um, but then, because it just fall, I fall into it. But some people can be like offended by that. Like, are you mocking me? Yeah, <laughs> and it's right. just like, no, it's just because that's the track <laughs> I'm on in my brain. Yeah, I've sim- similarly to you, and I was finding trying to find a way to, to segue into this because you'll be really proud of me. I've started watching The West Wing mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. But I'm finding myself like doing the like really quick, quippy like replies in my like. We all have this internal dialogue where it's almost like a conversation with yourself. But mine has sped up recently. It's mm-hmm. gotten way quippier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I do Mindy it while walking through the through my rooms and stuff just to just to feel like I'm in The West Wing. Yeah. yeah. But like similarly, like you know, whenever I. Whenever I, I have my yearly period of watching Downton Abbey, I like find myself thinking in like a really good Yorkshire accent, and then I try to do it, and it's garbage. But <laughs> in my mind, I have it. I can do it. In my mind, I hear it. I've watched yeah. like six seasons of New Girl in the past two weeks. You find yourself yelling a lot. I yell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of our show oh for the goodness. week. Yeah. boo. Beepity boo. Say, say what dumb? Woobity boo. Woobity boo. <laughs> It's like my father always used to say. Boobity boo. No, he didn't have a dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's a recurring joke. (laughs) Don't panic, Brad. (laughs) The longest recurring joke in my life. Uh, Guys, remember you can rate and review the show on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. We'll have a new episode of our Jeopardy bonus series where Stefan Speck defends his title against Anthony Asaf and David Hall. Uh, And you can have that by giving us money on Patreon now or by getting us to 40 Stitcher reviews or 500 likes on our Facebook page. We're pretty close to both. So go do that. Make it happen. Uh, Subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. Share this episode with a friend who needs some advice about how to manage their time better or uh, maybe someone who speaks Spanish and is trying to learn English. Or maybe someone who is starting a Facebook account for farm animals. (laughs) (laughs) Play play this episode uh, on the speakers on your phone in the middle of a bar. Uh, barn, rather. <laughs> Leave it there for the animals while they're drinking. A bar barn. <laughs> for all those drunk farm animals. <laughs> Just love listening to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Down With Talking, and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. I'm at Red Random. I'm at No The Other Simon. Fred, are you on Twitter? Fred, on. Uh, no, I don't have a Twitter. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah. Where, where can people Time find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, where you can find me on the internet? Uh, t- Bradion.com. Perfect. Right. Sweet. Yeah. Ooh, are there like a bunch of time management tips? And- Not even. It's just a page where you can uh, reach me. And at the bottom of the page, you can see that I don't have a Twitter, LinkedIn, or, or anything of that sort because it's very addictive. Yeah. And it can take a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Does your does your website have like a, a timer? <laughs> and you have two minutes to reach you. Otherwise, the page just closes. <laughs> and, and, he, and he goes to the little Google Chrome dinosaur thing. <laughs> too late. Too late. <laughs> you did it. And that's it. You know what? 
you're done. You can't reach me anymore. You can't access this anymore. Like your browser remembers it. He goes, you had your two minutes and you lost it. You could have written it down on a piece of paper. Come on, man. You should have contacted me more efficiently. You lost your Brad privileges. I got to say, Brad, that's not a great business incentive. It's not a a great marketing strategy. You should really rethink that. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, well, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, you, yeah, good luck with the rest of your PhD stuff. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Pretty soon you'll be Dr. Brad Ayon. That's that's right. That's so cool. Yeah. That's very cool. How much much do you have left? Uh, A few months. And the first thing I'm going to do is uh, buy myself a pair of uh, vanity license plates with Dr. Time on them. Oh, Oh, that's good. That's very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Brad is almost a palindrome. D-R-B-R-A-D. Wow. Yeah, but is almost a palindrome anything at no. all <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. damn <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> does, uh, all right then <laughs> does anyone have anything that they want to plug this week uh, t- uh, t- on, tuesday Katie. tuesday a show with anna bunce uh, improviser who moved to Nanaimo, BC, and we're doing a duo at Psychic City tomorrow night at nine o'clock uh, in La, La Belle Improv. Let's message someone who's related who to the event to get the address. Yes, yes. Cool. Uh, Brad, do you anything to plug? Not really. Sweet. Check out bradion.com. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Um, I have something to plug. Uh, oh. This this week's episode is brought to you in part by Kate Hammer wants to be infamous. That's infamous, but with an E instead of an A uh, as part of the Montreal St. Ambrose Fringe Festival 2018. <clears throat> Kate Hammer has only been in Montreal for a short time, but oh boy, has she been busy. Growing up on an Ontarian goat farm where Google Maps does not often dare to wander, Kate loves the city she now calls home. Discovering her inner comedian, Kate has been honored to be a part of Improv, Ladyfest, Montreal Sketchfest, and Party Dino. She is a member of sketch groups Little Strawberry Bitches and Loner Stadium, as well as performing stand-up across the city. Kate is the producer and host of Infamous, a monthly show that features solely female and non-binary performers, sketch comedians, improvisers, and monologists to create a well-rounded comedy hour. Is it monologists or monologists? Monologists. Monologists? Monologists. 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 The show aims to create a space for femme and non-binary folk in the community to share and feel comfortable exploring new angles of comedy because, as it turns out, we still really need that to happen. Kate Hammer Wants to Be Infamous is a one-woman show exploring the disconnect between womanhood and personhood and how femininity affects us all. It brings up the modern standards we hold ourselves to and if the best of us can actually do it. This all happens at a fast. Uh, this all happens at a feisty laugh per minute, and will feature at least three fun bodysuits. Um, oh. So you can catch Kate Hammer wants to be infamous at the Salle Jean Claude Germain du Théâtre, uh, thirty nine hundred Saint Denis Street in Montreal, Quebec. The whole week of Fringe, you can check out the event uh, on Facebook. Just look for Kate Hammer wants to be infamous, and uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, infamous cool. is a great, great show. And Kate Hammer. Actually, we can announce this oh, now. We can? Is going to be one of our new summer interns, uh, along with nice. Eli Busali, and you'll be hearing from the two of them over the next couple of weeks awesome. and also the next few months. Great. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. They're actually having an album launch. 
Uh, I don't remember what the date of that is, but you can find that by going on Facebook and searching for Crackers and Jam album launch or clicking the link in the description of this episode. Um, Yeah, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at upfordnetwork.com. Brad, thanks again. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks. That is the most copy I've ever read. Yes, come to see you. I say now, Benson, Jack, Benson, Joe. Benson, Jack, Benson, Jack, do 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 Benson, Jack, Benson, do 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 Benson, Jack. Oh.